Welcome to Fatal Fortunes. A show about people, places, and misfortunate events. Thank you for coming to this episode of Fatal Fortunes. Um, I think that this guy is going to be audio only. um, Because I want to enjoy my beverages and um, not have... No one can know that we enjoy beverages on this show. No one can know, because I'm a doctor now. Um, I'm a doctor yeah. of jurisprudence. So, so wait, do you want me to start calling you Dr. Sproul? Because I think that's pretty cool, and I will if you want Oh, me. that would be so gangster. Um, yeah. No, um, just Damn. whenever you, uh, you know, send me some correspondence, it says Alejandro Sproul, JD. No, you could write out Juris Doctor if you want to say doctor. Can I, when I greet you, can I say what's up, doc, or something akin to that? That'd be funny. All right. I, I mean, I it's a free country as far as... Yeah. It's still a free country as far as I know. Last time I checked. Yeah. Um, last time relatively. I checked, you could still choose between Coke and Pepsi. Mm, no. Um, <laughs> There's one right choice. Have you seen um, them run up to Congressman Santos and say, Congressman Santos, who do you think is going to win drag race this season? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We are back to talk about Prince Harry. Oh my god, his face is like the size of my face. Is that maybe the point? It's horrifying. Point? Was this think, the point? I, I don't know. I think his face is a little smaller than your face by comparison. Yeah, his face would be bigger in real life. I think but. IRL, he's got a bigger face. So, my friend Natalia, shout out Natalia. Um, you know, every summer of my adult life, I found myself on Natalia's couch... When I least expected, in circumstances I ever, I, I least expected. And, um, she, I, bitch just loves me because, you know, her birthday's in January. I do not think I got her anything other than remembering that her birthday happened and I forgot Nathan. So that's little context. But she bought me this book. It was her birthday and she bought me this book. And um, so I've been, you know, giving her a play-by-play. She's like, I don't really care. Meghan Markle's annoying. Ah. You can't tell me she's not annoying. Because <laughs> I said I wanted this for Christmas, like, July while watching Love Island. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, maybe those who listen to the podcast, it was a race to tell me the queen died. Nathan won. But everyone I was in my on life, it. I knew for this show, it would have, I mean. My dad's, like, mad about it. He wanted to be the first. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm pissed. I'm pissed Charles is king. Um, the Australian government said today we're going to put um, a tribute to the aboriginal people of our country on the $5 note, not the king. Um, Sweet. So I just want to know what your thoughts are on Prince Harry, what you've been thinking about Megxit, um, if you had any. I really don't. Um, I mean, I've seen the clips. I've seen the memes. That's really all there is to it. I know that he was on Oprah. I know there's a bit in the book about his penis, um, but that's really the, the bare minimum of knowledge I have. You gotta yep, fill I'm, me in. I'm filling you in, I'm giving the play-by-play. So the book, it opens with a William Faulkner quote, mm. and it says, the past is never dead. It's not even past. Galaxy brain unlocked. Boom! And my general take of the writing in this book is that uh, he, uh, he it, you can tell he didn't go to college. Like, this is kind of written for 
someone who does not have a college reading level, which is why it's been pretty quick to um, pilot myself through. It starts, of course, with Harry. It starts in media rays in the middle of the story. And we're at Prince Philip's funeral. I was quite, of course, sad when Prince Philip died. You all know I love my pageantry. Um, I thought it was mad drama. Who was going to get, you know, the 30 the seat at the wedding? Because, of course, so few people could go. Remember, that was the drama. Um, and mm -hmm. they ended up giving the seat to his um, bestie, who was his carriage riding friend. Not to Megan. But then I'm sitting there watching it. And we're on, like, you know, hour two and a half. And I'm like, I'm just listening to hymns in German. That's actually what I'm doing this Saturday morning. I'm understanding zero of this. <laughs> Google Translate is not on at the service. <laughs> That's that. Those are my recollections of Prince Philip's funeral. I remember it was kind of a bummer, but I remember we had seen him leave the hospital a month before, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Knocking on oh, death's door. Shit. So yeah, he's walking behind the coffin of Grandpa, and it's taking him back to his mother's coffin. It's taking him back to going to battle for the first time. It's taking him back to giving a speech in the middle of a panic attack. Um... He says, there was the same sense of embarking on a quest and not knowing if I was up to it, while also knowing fully that there was no turning back. That fate was in the saddle. He's there. He's supposed to meet up with his dad and Will. They're mad late. They're never late. That's like not a thing that they are. Um, and this is what I've told everyone when they ask me about the book is literally so Will looks at him and he calls him Willie. The whole book he calls him Willie and he calls Charles Paul. <laughs> Paul. Basically, Will just says, I honestly, like, don't know why you're leaving. He's like, I don't know. I don't know why, and I don't get it. And um, and then Charles is like, I don't either. I, I don't get it either. And it's, it's just so clear that they haven't been to therapy. Yep. That's the whole um, family in a nutshell. Yeah, but Harry has. And he's like, you don't get it? You literally can't see why? They've been hacking my phone since I was 12 years old. Mom got chased to death. They tell my wife that she should be paraded through Britain and have excrement thrown at her like she's Cersei Lannister. And you don't get it. That's that's where Harry begins his tale. And then there's, you know, a really nice photo for part one. Um, we're going to cover, like, part one in the beginning of part two tonight. And it says, the night, out of the night that covers me. And it's a photo of him and Diana. It's super sad because, uh, of course, it starts with uh, losing Diana. It goes back to, like, their last vacation together. For so long, he thinks that she's not dead. He believes that she finally disappeared and um, that someday she would reappear and come get them or something. Wow. And then he circles back to the past is never dead. It's not even past. And he says, who the fuck is Faulkner? And how is he related to us Windsors? So it's talking about Saint-Tropez. It's talking about Queen Victoria. Apparently there's a statue of Queen Victoria that, that's at the top of the stairs and every time you see it, you gotta bow. You gotta be like, what's up, Icon? Charles's personal scent is Eau de Savoge, which I thought is super funny because that is the commercials that Johnny Depp is in <laughs> for Dior. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, I expected them to smell the same, if we're being honest. Yeah. So, you know, we're really hitting this death, you know, right away. Apparently, Charles tells William first, because, like, they're sleeping in a room that's split in half because William, as the older brother, is like, oh, it's hot for my younger brother. He's so nice. I want to be an individual. That's the voice I give William. Um, 
He tells William first, and then he tells Harry, and, like, he just puts his hand on his knee. And Charles calls him darling boy at the beginning of, like, every sentence in this book. He says, darling boy, he didn't make, she didn't make it, puts his hand on the knee, and then just leaves him. Like, Will doesn't come over from the other side of the room. Oh, my God. Because he's, like, telling him that, like, she didn't make it, and I have to go to Paris right now with your aunts and get her body then they're you know the proceedings are going on and like the ceremony of it and they're viewing the coffin and people are literally like they're so shell-shocked that people are just saying look at how shell-shocked the children are like they weren't even in the room like (laughs) they're like they can't hear it they're shell-shocked look at it one of the aunts even gets him um a lock of her hair both of them but to like show that like she's really gone yeah, but that's still, uh, I'll stick with you. Yeah, it will, but, you know, I think a lot of people have locks of their dead loved one's hair. Mm, not me. <laughs> if you died, I would want a lock of your hair, but you don't really have hair anymore. Yeah, not long enough. I'm about, I'm literally about to shave it after this episode. It's I'm gonna have a collection. Uh, mm, it all, it's all gone, all in the trash. And the kids aren't talking about it. For some reason, William and Harry... They basically never have a conversation about their mother's death. Uh, very weird. I don't know why men are like this. Uh, he, yeah. they, the only time Harry cries, and thus far he has not cried, and I'm on like page 210, he has not <laughs> cried again, um, is when they're at Althorpe burying um, Diana. That's when he actually lets himself cry. He said that he felt really weird shaking everyone's hands um, outside of you know the palace and stuff. And putting down the flowers because they were like, why are these people who didn't know her expressing such emotion and I can't express any at all? Then, of course, he goes right back to school. Very crazy weird. Goes right back to school. Uh, They end up giving him the present that Diana had gotten for him while she was in Paris. And Mm. it was um, an Xbox. Oh, sweet. Yep. Thanks, Mom. Yup, and his only, well, he has friends and stuff, but uh, his main friend is another Henry, and he calls him Henners in this book, and he's the only guy that, or, like, schoolmate of his who says, hey, you good? Sorry something happened to you, mom, bro. Men being men. Twelve-year-olds being twelve. Very crazy, and this, this year, he and William aren't at the same school. Because William's already gone off to Eton. And I bet that part of the 400 pages he took out is about William. After he gets home for, like, Christmas break, half term, whatever, after his birthday, he ends up going to South Africa uh, with his father, and he meets Nelson Mandela and the Spice Girls. What a combo. And he said that he was he liked being around the Spice Girls because they were all too happy to talk to the media, so he didn't really have to. He could, like, hide behind them. Mm-hmm. And he told the other ginger girl, Ginger Spice, he said, I, I relate to you. <laughs> we're both gingers, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's just, like, burned into his brain that his dad was, like, at the Spice Girls, like, tapping his foot. Yeah, that's wild to think that he'd yeah. be there. But this is, like, his first time in Africa, really. And he gets to experience that for the first time. Uh, Apparently later in the book, someone else wants to do a tour in Africa in the royal family. He's like, stay away from Africa. Africa's mine. Oh, God. Colonization, too. (laughs) 
here's where he talks about the Major James Hewitt thing on how if that's his dad and he said that they finally had a heart to heart and he reassured Harry that Hewitt was not his father mm. and um and that if he if his father had had any thoughts about Major Hewitt he kept them to himself because he did not she did not meet Major Hewitt until after Harry had already been born so it's just you know two gingers in a room <laughs> Prince Charles has a teddy bear that he takes with him everywhere, and I think that that is super telling. Um, mm. That Charles feels like he never got to be a child, and forever he is going to hold that symbol of childhood with him. I think that this book doesn't paint Charles in a bad light, and anyone who says it does, I'm firmly. I don't care about your opinion. I think that you're wrong um, if you think that this paints Charles in a bad light. I think that this paints him as a father who's done who's trying to do his best um charles was not loved or obviously i think that the queen did love her child i'm not saying that i wouldn't look up to an individual who did not love their children um but her idea of affection was a handshake yeah so like how are you ever gonna learn how to have relationships with other people and parent your own children in an affectionate way if you just didn't grow up with that or see that etc so I think right. Charles genuinely tries. Like, he talks about how whenever his father was super proud of him, he'd, like, leave a letter on Harry's pillow for him to read at night. That's sweet. Oh. Yeah, but Harry does say, he's like, why couldn't he have just said that to my face? We were at dinner ten minutes ago. Oh, fair. Yeah. But Charles just didn't know how to express that stuff and probably didn't know how to react to any of your respond emotions to that pride. Mm-hmm. so i think he's doing his best and that he as a single father i think that it could be you know a lot worse he's obviously dating camilla though it's like 2001 he's obviously dating camilla and they're just like we want you to be with her but we don't want you to marry her mm. because they yeah. just didn't want their mom's like story to keep going but of course the they have to like keep postponing their wedding a thousand times he's gonna marry her anyway whatever and it's because the Pope dies and the Queen's like, you go into that funeral. And then the Queen, of course, does not attend the wedding because it would be improper. That would be improper. And then, of yeah. course, they were going to have it at Windsor Castle, but they don't because then they would have to open Windsor Castle to the public for the next whole year for weddings. So they just have it at like the civil whatever, whatever. Please don't let the commoners in. Gross. And he says that while he's standing there at the wedding, he's he like takes like a couple glimpses over at the couple, and he's at like simultaneously like really happy for his father because he knows that like more than having Harry, more than having William, what he's really wanted his whole life is Camilla. Yeah. So he's happy for them, but he's also looking at them like, this woman sold me to the British press to rehabilitate her own reputation. Well, so he makes it to Eton. At Eton, apparently they wear those weird outfits because they are in perpetual mourning for Henry the Sixth. He's just like us. I underlined that he um, fancied a sig after Eric McDonald's. He said that he really connected to Stewie from Family Guy. Oh God! Yeah. That red flag. Red flag. Inside. Harry's, you know, not a book guy. He says in his book, and you can tell from his book, he's not <laughs> a big reader. Or at least he wasn't, and it made his father really sad that he mm. didn't love Shakespeare like Charles loved Shakespeare. 
And to graduate from Eton College, you have to perform in a play. Yeah, so that's like, you know, the best day of Charles's life that uh, he gets to perform in a Shakespeare play. But all Charles does is like laugh at the silent parts. Like when there's a total silence, Charles just laughs. Like, at shit that's not funny, he's like, hee hee hee. Um, so Harry goes after, up to him, like, after. His dad's, like, so excited. And he's like, you laughed at all the wrong times. But apparently, when Charles was a kid, Philip came to his recital and did the same damn thing. So he goes to safari in Africa with Will, I think. He goes to safari again, so more Africa, more Africa. He's in Africa, and they're all sitting around a bonfire. He, uh, people are smoking weed. And he says, I can smoke. I'm 15. I can handle it. And the adults he's with, they all look around. And they roll him a joint. They pass it to him. Basil. But they're all sitting, they're all smoking, and then a leopard walks up to the fireplace. And he, and this little leopard, Harry just gravitates toward it. He finds himself just going for it. Everyone's freaking out. But then nothing happens. But this is like related to his connection to Africa. Oh my and God. yeah. And there's something other leopardy related that comes up later. And he's like, and it all made sense. Um, he's also just like us. His drink of choice is Smirnoff Ice. Oh, he's going to get iced. There's Club H, Club Highgrove, that's in their basement. And then the press are like, he's smoking weed in there. And he's like, we oh. actually didn't smoke weed in there. That was specifically one of the places we did not smoke weed because we, we only did cocaine house. in that basement. We only drank. Strictly for we drinking and cocaine. Exactly. But then the press, like, they're trying to write this story that isn't true. And they're like, but we won't if um, I get to talk to you about, like, drugs and alcohol. And, um, <sighs> stuff, like, the reporter does. Yeah. Something else that he says that made me feel all big and bold was that he um, hated when people used his title. He hated when people called him Prince Harry or Your Royal Highness because he didn't earn it. That mm -hmm. wasn't anything that he'd earned. And I was like, oh my God, I've like earned something. Prince Harry is jealous of me. Yeah. Oh my God. Doctor's rule. Yeah. He goes to Lesotho for the first time. Lesotho. Lesotho. Yeah. Where he meets Prince Sisu, who had lost his mother also as a child, and they form the charity Sentabale together. It's a charity to um, shed light on the epicenter of the uh, global AIDS epidemic. He's there with William, and they do their first joint interview together. But it's the first time that they'd ever um, spoken about their mom publicly, and mm. they never spoken it with each other and but that's the first time that they do it is there in front of that journalist and it's been you know seven years and he still thinks that his mom's in hiding at this time today at this time in the book oh okay seven, okay. seven years after she died he still thinks that um okay she's in hiding all right so he meets this girl named chelsea davies who has a face like she smelled something bad in her wikipedia photo <laughs> She's a Zimbabwean businesswoman, and she's going to school in England, but her family now lives in Cape Town, South Africa. They date on and off and on and off and on and off for quite some time until one of his best friends, Tij, is like, you're both hurting yourselves. Stop it. 
you both know this isn't going to work out because Chelsea, she's a free bird. And Harry's like, I like her because she's a free bird. If I put her under the constant scrutiny that I'm under, she won't be the person I love. Why would I make her do that? She doesn't even want to. Yeah. And then he was like, I love her, but what's Granny going to think about her? The way he describes Chelsea is she never worried about what other people thought. She wore short skirts and high boots and danced with abandon, drank as much tequila as I did, and cherished, and I cherish all those things about her. Mm. So that makes me think of Natalia out of context, because the next sentence is, but I couldn't help wonder, I couldn't help worrying how Granny might feel about them, or the British public. Backing up, backing up, backing up, Henners dies, he dies also in a car accident. And they were apparently on their way from, like, one country house party to another country house party, et cetera, et cetera. The car wasn't even going fast. The other passenger is injured, but he dies. Harry and him had been supposed to go to Africa together to um, teach or something in Uganda, maybe. And so he doesn't make it, so then that's part of why he you know, goes to more schools and stuff because he wants to continue his friend Henner's legacy of education because mm. that's what he had decided he wanted to be a teacher. And then that that's where we're, they were going to go to Gap Year together. He ends up going to Gap Year, though, also in Australia. Um, it is insulting how little sunscreen this white man brings with him anywhere. He was like, yeah, packed one tube of sunscreen. He's finally joined the army. He's not going to go to college. He's joining the army. He's getting inspected. So the queen, she never goes to the passing out ceremonies, as they're called. But she does to this one. Because William's there. He's at Sandhurst. Harry's already in the army, etc. And Granny inspected the troops. When she came to me, she said, Oh, hello. And he says he blushed when grandma came by. And now we're on part two. It's called Bloody But Unbowed. It's got him wearing his little uniform. I think he looks pretty good. Um, he says that it's hot as shit in that uniform. Mm -hmm, I bet. He goes to Paris. He finally goes to Paris for the first time with the brothers of his friend, Henners. Mm. And... He talks to the driver. It's like a new driver. And he's like, I want to go to the tunnel. And he's like, he's the driver's looking at the bodyguard like. And then Harry's like, no, do it. And drive through it at 65 miles an hour. He says, it had been a very bad idea. I'd had plenty of bad ideas in my 23 years, but this one was uniquely ill-conceived. I told myself that I wanted closure, but I didn't really. Deep down, I'd hoped to feel in that tunnel what I'd felt with JLP when he gave me the police files. He had given him police files. And he said he didn't believe it because he didn't see all the gory ones. Disbelief. Doubt instead. That was the night all doubt fell away. She's dead, I thought. My God, she's really gone for good. Wow. I got the closure. I was pretending to seek. I got it in spades. And now I'd never be able to get rid of it. Yep, and he said that was the part of uh, the beginning of pain part de. And then he's, you know, going off to Afghanistan. He said, one tube of sunscreen. That seemed like more than enough. You're a fool, Harold. <laughs> so, such a fool. And they call him Harold, the whole book. Oh my book. god. That's what his family calls him. That's ridiculous. Yep. 
they ask him uh, where he wants to be buried if um, he doesn't survive the war. And his first thought is he wants to be at Althorpe with mom. But yeah. he instead picks Frogmore Gardens, which is Where's where, that? you know. That's where uh, Wallace Simpson and Edward VIII and all those other people who don't make it into St. George's Chapel are, really. He said, if I die in Afghanistan, I thought, at least I'll never have to see another fake headline, read another shameful lie about myself. All those other soldiers in this book, in my head, are the people I went to law school with. So he's in the army, blah, 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 blah. Everyone knows that it's really hard for me to keep an attention span when we're talking about the military. So he's there, he's bonding with everyone, etc. He's growing, he's learning, he's sunburnt. But there's one night where he's up late and uh, they say Zero Alpha, officer in command, was telling someone that Red Fox, this, that Red Fox, he jo I jotted down a few notes but stopped writing and looked up at the stars when I heard them mention Sea Squadron. The voices were saying that this Red Fox was in trouble. No doubt about it. I made out that Red Fox was a person. Had he done anything wrong? No. Were others planning to do him wrong? Yes. Judging from the tone of voices, Red Fox was about to be murdered. I swallowed a mouthful of hot chocolate and I blinked at the radio and knew with total certainty that Red Fox was me. Yeah, who else could it be? Got any other redheads in the army over there, Harold? So, you know, this flashes him back to other animal sightings he's had in his life. Because, of course, whenever he sees a fox, he's like, bro, a fox. We're both red, aren't we? <laughs> exactly. Um, so they got to smuggle him out. His uh, colonel says his tour of duty's over. It's become way too dangerous. Because the Taliban are like, the biggest thing we could do is to capture a prince of the realm. Mm-hmm. And torture him and behead him. Yes. Good plan. Yeah. Then we get to the tequila bit where it's like, what will Granny think of my cool independent girlfriend? But he's, you know, he's going back to Africa. He loves Botswana. He says that he's awash in isolation and privilege. And I'm going to use that one someday. The Nazi suit happens. Will He does throw Will and Kate under the bus. And he was like, I called them and they said it was funny. Yikes. Yeah, and then he uh, has to go meet with a rabbi to understand what he did was wrong, and then he starts to do, like, a lot of anti-Semitism work mm -hmm. to understand the actual ills of his actions. When he got back, though, and, uh, or rather, when he gets back to England, you know, he gets greeted by his father, he gives a press conference, he says, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, the three guys in the helicopter might not make it. Like, that's his speech. Then, like, just off to the side, where the reporters can still see, they're, you know, like, hugging and, like, nugging each other. And he was like, to anyone else, like, on the outside, they would be like, this is just a normal family interaction. But for him, like, this is the most affection that they've ever yeah. shown each other. Like, this is a big, this is a big fucking deal! So they're living together, him and William, in a little cottage... And William's learning, of course, his helicopter rescue training. And uh, he's pretty sad because, you know, Harry gets to go to war and he can only imagine that the conversations that William had with his people about if he could ever see a battlefield. And, of course, the answer is no. Yeah. So he's pretty jealous of his bro. He's like, I need to get back into war. I'm desperate. 
and they say, okay, you can be a helicopter pilot. And he's like, well, William's a helicopter pilot. My dad was a helicopter pilot. Andrew was a helicopter pilot. Okay. It's like the only place that you're not just, you know, open for the enemy to get you. William and Harry go to Lesotho again. They, you know, visit some schools, give some kids a bunch of stuff. And it was just super inspiring because the kids are just so honest about what they experience on like their two hour walk to school after they've tended the animals all day and how they can experience, you know, like lightning strikes, mudslides. Some of them have been sexually assaulted on their way to school. And um, they just felt so bad that there wasn't more that they could give to them. But loves Africa. It's obvious he didn't cut any of those pages. After they get back from Lesuthu, William announces that he's getting married. While the whole time that they were there, they didn't talk about it at all. William did not bring it up that he was going to propose to Kate. Mm. And there's this story that was going around, and I believe this too, is that William or Harry had inherited Princess Diana's sapphire engagement ring. And he had given it to Will for his wife. And it was supposed to be like a tender bonding moment between brothers. It was fake. It didn't happen. Mm. He couldn't give it to William because William already had it. So as we all know now, Harry was not William's best man at the wedding, but he did give a little speech to introduce the actual best men. And (coughs) one American bloke wrote to say he'd wanted to make something special for the new Duchess of Cambridge. So he'd set out to capture a ton of ermine, traditional fur of royalty. This enthusiastic yank explained he'd intended to catch 1,000 ermine for the item of clothing he had in mind. God was in a tent, but unfortunately, he'd only managed to scare up two. Rough year for Ermin, I said. Still, I added, the Yank improvised, made the best of things, as Yanks do, and cobbled together what he had, which I now held aloft. The room let out a collective gasp. It was a thong. Wow. Soft, furry. A few silken strings attached to a V-shaped ermine pouch, no larger than the ring pouch inside my tunic. After the collective gasp came a warm, gratifying wave of laughter. And then he's back off to Afghanistan in, um, as a helicopter, as an Apache pilot now. He'd spent two years training to do that. And um, he's had his naked in Vegas scandal. And his dad is, you know, he's not upset. He wasn't upset about the Nazi thing either because he knows that Harry just can't make normal mistakes or, like, learn from his mistakes in private. They have to be everyone's business. So he has his naked at the at the strip pool thing, and his dad's like, we've all been naked on the front page. <laughs> the night of strip pool, he had wanted to get a tattoo on the bottom of his foot in the shape of Botswana. He was so oh drunk. <laughs> His bodyguard said that he would knock him out if, to prevent him from going to the tattoo parlor. But um, he makes it to Afghanistan. He's uh, learning the ropes, etc. He's got a bigger office now that he's Captain Wales. And uh, immediately the Taliban steal American uniforms, bust into the camp because they say, quote, we're looking for the prince. Mm. And we'll just have to see what happens next time. Well, this was the penultimate episode for season three yes and there will be one more bonus episode though after oh there's a bonus episode after we have to finish the book oh we'll finish the book there'll be a part two i guess this is like yeah part penultimate a 
But we've got a good Mary Queen of Scots sandwich going here for you at the end of season three. Royal and that sandwich. episode is going to air two days or three days after this one on the 10th of February. I know we usually release on Fridays, but we've got um, Anne from Vulgar History. And we had a great time. It's a it's a long episode, which is why we we've got this shorter one, and I think the one after it will probably be kind of short too. But check it out; it was really fun. Buckle up. Buckle up. It's a it's a ride. Some of the most dopamine I felt in twenty twenty three. So please check out that awesome episode and over your weekend, um, and pray for me during the bar exam. Yeah. Cool. Much love, Nathan. Talk to you later. <laughs> Don't forget, on Tuesdays, we talk, we ghosts. talk ghosts. We do it every Tuesday. Most Tuesdays. Whenever we feel like it, okay? <laughs> Bye.